The podcast of Matrix is a system, listener. One that's based on experience, skill sets, and you. There are other hosts, but what I'm telling you is that when it's time to dodge the billing bullets for hosting your entire podcast library online, you won't need to. Plug into the real world podcast hosting solution now at podcastermatrix.com. That's podcastermatrix.com. Welcome to Small Business Saturdays. The Small Business Saturdays podcast. With your host and my husband. And my dad, Aaron Montgomery. Join the conversation. Let's talk some business. Good morning. Good morning, everybody. How's everybody doing on Saturday morning here? Welcome to another edition of Small Business Saturdays. And uh, I am Aaron Montgomery, and you can find me over at AaronMontgomery.info. Hope everybody's having a great day. It's a little rainy here in St. Louis. You get your uh, Saturday morning weather update here, but uh, it, uh, it's supposed to warm up at least finally. So uh, maybe a nicer day tomorrow on, on Sunday. Uh, my uh, kiddo, Lewis, is uh, into spring break. Got a fun week of uh, spring break camp next week with his best friend. So uh, looking forward to uh, hearing all about that from him. Well, let's do this, guys. Should we just dive in? I got to make a couple moves on on my screen here, so uh, bear with me for one second while I make some things happen. And uh, yeah, let's let's talk about. Uh, oh, of course, I can't get the there. Yeah, that'll work better. All right, so um, there's that working, loading, happening. Yes, okay. So let's do this. Um, <laughs> cannot get the mouse to show up where I want it to on the screen. Uh, if you checked out my Instagram account, Aaron M underscore STL, uh, you will see where, um, yeah, where my setup looks like, how, how it's all set here. So I've kind of got a big screen in front of me and it's split screens and apparently not doing a very good job. I'm going to have to uh, get my wife back to, uh, be my producer again, but uh, <laughs> we'll figure all that out. Okay, so let's get this the way we want it. Make me small there. And, uh, oh boy, let me get that out of the way. And, uh, okay, perfect. There we go. So today we are going to talk about metrics that are involved in measuring our company. The metrics not too long, I think it was about two weeks ago or so, uh, maybe even shorter, maybe even longer, uh, we discussed kind of what metrics we should be measuring and, and talked to had everybody had their metrics and what we talked about and all this other good stuff. And um, that was fantastic. I thought uh, we got some good feedback there. Um, I shared what I, I like, um, but I want to take that a little one step further here today. I want to talk about when we're measuring those metrics, how to look at them and how to understand when you're measuring a metric that is centered around what's best for your customer. And when you're measuring a metric that's centered around what's best for your company, not that one is necessarily worse than the other, but if you spend too much time on the company centric metrics, basically what's in it for me kind of thing, you're going to potentially harm your customers. Now, not to say that, like I said, you not you don't want to not necessarily look at those things, but if we focus on some core metrics that relate to how our customers view our business and, and from the outside looking in kind of scenario, 
um, then we'll be able to adapt and change to the, the growing markets, changing markets, things like that. So um, this blog post, and I'm going to put uh, a place where you find it. You can just go right there to aaronmontgomery.info slash Seth, S-E-T-H. This is a blog post written by a gentleman named Seth Godin. And um, you can actually see, I think you could kind of see a link. There's a picture of him down at the bottom of that. Um, the, anyhow, the, you, as you can see, this blog post was back in 2014 when he posted it to his site. And that's about when I, I read it. Um, you, you know, at that time of my career, you know, I definitely understood the relationship with the customer and I understood how important it was, but I felt like after the fact in hindsight uh, to the situation, I felt like I was just kind of giving that whole customer customers first kind of thing uh, a bit more lip service than 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 reality. You know, we had the fancy sayings on the walls and, um, you know, had the discussions about it. But I, I don't think we ever really, truly lived it prior to this. Um, so about 2013, a, a friend of mine and I were kind of tasked with running a distribution company. And um, he and I both actually read this blog post together. I invite you to go read it again. Um, just you can check it out. If you, I, I just made a quick link for it here, AaronMontgomery.info slash Seth. Um, you can check that out and, and read the full thing. But uh, this was a quote out of it that I, I thought was very interesting. You know, the thing is, he, the blog talks about him trying to get warranty service on his HP printer. And uh, he indicated that the, the thing is a customer is never out of warranty, even if his product is. So in the decorating world, that could be, uh, yeah, maybe it was the customer's fault because they signed off on the proof or, you know, didn't give you the right information and, and stuff like that. But what's the value of that customer? What's the lifetime value of that customer to you? Is it worth beating them up over or is it worth working with them and trying to find some middle ground? Hey, I know you signed off on the proof, so maybe we can split the cost of a redo or maybe, you know, I, I'll just do it at, at, at the cost of the garments or, or something along those lines. So um, that's the, uh, that's kind of the thrust of this. <clears throat> so back to my story. Um, we read this blog post. We, we kind of said, you know what? We really need to actually focus on this stuff and actually live it and, and see how, how that goes. Yes, we've got the same. Yes, we've got the stuff on the wall. But but what what about our policies? What about the things that we do in the business? So, you know, we, we, we made a lot of changes. Uh, we really kind of stepped up our game with the free freight and flat rate sh shipping, easy returns, no minimums all sorts of things that, you know, the customers were asking us for and we just weren't listening. Um, so we did that by 2015. It was the most profitable that company ever was. The problem came down to the fact that a big chunk of the metrics we were actually looking at were metrics that were related to what was the exact best interest of the company. So every order was scrutinized to go, did we make a profit on that order? And if, if we didn't, you know, the, the, the person who entered the order was questioned about it. And, and, you know, we had to figure out ways to then make changes to the policies to make sure that we never lost money on an order again, not to actually really truly understand the story behind the reason why that happened, you know, um, tried to dig in and, and prove to uh, the, the owner of the company that, Hey, I get that we did lost a little bit of money on this first order, but if you look at it as a whole, 
these companies that have this first order that doesn't really make a ton of sense for us, look at their lifetime value, look at further out, but that just wasn't able to kind of get through. So um, by 2016, things had changed quite drastically. We kind of went away from, from some of those things that we felt like the customers were asking for. Um, I was frustrated. The staff was frustrated because they no longer were able to really help. They just had to be the bad guys and say, sorry, this is the way that it is. This is our company policy. Why didn't you read it? You know, those kinds of things. It was, it was a mess. So I, I, I left 2016 and, and uh, here I am now. So let's, let's move on here and, and get into looking at some of these things. Um, and, and I'm going to actually take myself off the, the screen here so you guys can see the whole thing. Um, so let's, let's talk about the metrics then the, the metrics that, uh, that you want to be looking at and, and kind of compare and contrast the two. So. Hi, I'm Kyleen and you're listening to an episode of the small business Saturdays podcast. Do you want to subscribe to the small business Saturdays podcast? Head over to smallbusinesssaturdayspodcast.com. There are tons of ways to subscribe. Click on your favorite and grab all the information about growing your small business. Talked about using the policies as a way to protect ourselves. Um, you know, and you also have to understand that, you know what, if you're company driven in your metrics, that's that's totally fine and that's who you are. But guess what? You're probably also going to attract those customers that are driven towards what the metrics that are to them most important, lowest price. Will you go down in price if I beg you a ton? Um, if I tell you a good story and say, I'm going to buy 10,000 of these things, but I need one, will you drop your price? You know, those kinds of customers that, that are also metric driven um, and not really value driven. So to me, I would rather turn away business. I'd rather say, uh, I'm sorry, that's not what we do. I, I'd rather say, I'm sorry, that is our best price. This is the pricing we have online. This is why we think our prices are good. I, I don't care about XYZ company and and their price. You, I would welcome you. That Their price does sound fantastic. I would welcome you to, uh, to buy that from them because I trust the value that I bring to the table. I trust that I am going to provide you more than just what that price tag is and, and go from there. So Let's let's start off with a um, metric-driven type thing. So this is when you're acquiring your customers. Uh, you're looking at things like, well, you're looking at cost per new lead. So how much does it cost me uh, to find the lead? How much does the source of that lead cost me? So maybe it's a trade show and it's thirty thousand dollars, and I'm getting a hundred leads. And what? So what's what's the lowest cost way? for me to get leads. It's all about the quantity, not the quality. And so that would be a, a cost-saving kind of metric that you would look at as a, as a company when you're company focused. Well, if you're customer focused, what you should instead look at is what your word of mouth, which is WOM, that's what it stands for, word of mouth lead generated. How many of the leads that you are getting are coming from word of mouth? Um, I myself like to set up my entire marketing strategy around that word of mouth. Um, the other stuff can bring in some people, but if you're not supported by 
other customers, your other customers telling other people about it, um, it's it's a hard sell. It turns into a sale process where you really have to work through and go through the long process. So why not look at how many of our leads are coming from word of mouth and then work on ways to increase and encourage and gain more qualified referrals. So um, you have to have a real clear definition of what you're doing uh, and what you want to be doing and, and the types of customers that you want to be bringing in. That way, when people are describing your company, they can describe you in such a way that they are going to bring other customers that you want to be doing business with. They're not going to be driving those cost only type customers to you if that's not what you want or, or whatever. So think about ways that you can improve your word of mouth marketing um, and actually have a plan around that, have a process. Uh, I think I've talked about it on, on this show, maybe not, but uh, there's a book called Talk Triggers by Jay Bear, and I can't remember his co-author's name right now. B-A-E-R is uh, his last name, called Talk Triggers. Excellent read. I would uh, highly recommend grabbing it because it, it basically talks about setting up your marketing and having a plan around the word of mouth section of your business. All right. So that there, there's first. Now let's talk about as we've taken the order. Um, so we've taken the order, a metric that I, I kind of explained a little bit already, is, is looking at profit per order and basing your success or failure on one-time orders and eliminating all of the orders that aren't as profitable as you'd like them to be. So as I mentioned, you know, that, that kind of gets away from the bigger story, the bigger picture of what is the lifetime value of that customer. So when we flip the switch, then we talk about the CLV, the customer lifetime value, and what that means to you as a business. Um, so within within that customer, here, here's what that customer lifetime value means. So we want to ba basically take a look at our highest quality customers, the customers we love doing business with, the, the customers that, um, you know, our reason why, the reason why we do this every day and, and not just for the money, but, uh, oh, Will, thank you. Uh, shiny object, I am... You guys know that that is me, but Will had a great comment because uh, following up on the Talk Triggers book, I have not heard of this one. I'm going to check this one out today. Audibles, I'm heading your way after this. Will Hankey from Red Canoe Media. Um, we've had him on this program before talking about SEO. Uh, great guy and, and uh, great suggestion. Referral Engine, another good book on word of mouth. Thank you, Will. Okay, so back to what I was talking about, customer lifetime value. Um, all right, so we're, we're talking about those customers that we really love doing business with, the ones we wanna do more business of. And then what we wanna do is we basically have to do some prediction. We have to go, okay, this customer bought this, did this, whatever, that's great. And that's, that's a good start. But let's try to understand if that is a good customer like the other good customers that I've already got um, or the types of customers that I want, how often do those good customers do business with me? Is it every three months? Is it every month? Is it every year? How often do they do business with me? Once I've figured that out, then I also want to go, and then how long do my customers stay around for? You know, do, do I churn customers all the time and, and getting 30 new customers a day, but losing 50? You know, what, 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 how does that work for you? Hopefully you're, you're getting new customers on the regular 
but keeping and just growing and adding to them. So, so what's your churn? It would be the, the way to, to look at that. How often do you lose customers? And maybe you lose a customer just because they're not in the market for what you have anymore. You know, their ch- life has changed. Something has changed. They've moved on. Company went out of business if you're doing B2B sales or something like that. And that's all part of it. So you, you kind of do your best to figure, predict, look into that crystal ball crystal wall and then you put a figure on and and on the customer lifetime value and that way when you're looking at that as a metric then you're really thinking about ways that you can increase that value so either you're going to increase that value by getting them to spend money with you more often you're going to increase that value by telling by looking at ways to keep them with you longer you're going to be looking at things that are in the best interest of your customers to make them happy and keep them around longer. So, so that customer lifetime value, I think that's one of the, my favorite metrics to, to measure and really focus on because the whole point of measuring metrics is to make changes and make sure your company is heading in the right direction. So if you're thinking about the customer lifetime value, you're then thinking about ways that you can increase that and uh, win-win for everybody. So Ah, here we go. So Will makes a good point. And, and me too, Will. It's uh, really, you know, and honestly, I, I was one of those people that didn't, didn't quite understand that. So um, being able to finally pull my head out, so to speak, and, and do that, Will says, I'm always blown away by how many business owners don't know their ACLV, which is average customer lifetime value. Um, totally, totally. Um, and will says such an important metric when doing basically any advertising. Absolutely. If it's not going to increase your customer lifetime value um, and bring in those people, then, then don't do it. So thank you for the info and the support there. Will. Um, okay. Let's keep it, keep this going. Uh, I want to get you out of here and, and off to your Saturday uh, for sure. So now we've made the sale. Now we've, you know, wh- whatever we've done and, and we've kind of gotten, so now we're into that, that next level of our business. So we we brought in new leads, we made the sale. Now we have to do the support, the service, the answering the questions and things like that. So a company driven metric is how much does it cost for each support ticket that we close? Basically meaning let's ride our customer support team to a point where their whole goal is to get off the phone as quickly as they can um, because there's cost involved with that. We need to be able to answer more calls. Well, first and foremost, if you're answering a lot of calls and you have to answer more calls, then you may want to turn around and look at why you're getting so many calls to begin with. So th- there's your first problem. Um, but if your focus is, is again, on that cost, what it costs you to do that and what it costs you to support your customers, back to what Mr. Godin said, you know, just because the product may be out of warranty, just because maybe you know they didn't wash the shirts the right way or or whatever, that doesn't mean that the value of that customer is gone, what is it that you do to make things right? And and yes, you are gonna get some bad apples. And yes, you're gonna have to just suck it up and and deal with it and take a hit and deal with somebody that's a little bit unreasonable. But you know what? Take that hit, suck it up, move on, and then don't do business with those people anymore. You know, Make it in, in such a way where you're attracting the right people that have the same values that you do. So that way, when you're doing business with them and something goes wrong, it's a partnership. You're working together to solve them. So what I would rather uh, look at, and this is actually a, a copyrighted um, um, 
metric that you can go and, and get the formula for, um, but it's called the net promoter score. And that net promoter score is, is basically a fancy way of saying, would you tell your friends about doing business with me? Would you, would you tell your friends and family about doing business with me? Um, how likely is it that you would, so the, actually the question that you ask, the specific question that you ask, and then you give them a scale between zero to 10 and then use those numbers to figure out the, the metric. And that's where the copyrighted scientific kind of formula comes in is how likely is it that you would recommend my company to a friend or colleague? So if that's the metric that you're measuring, think, think about that. If that metric is low, what do you need to, you know, then, then it's the, the work to follow that up to what do you need to do to improve it? Because honestly, if, if you're, about the customer, if you're about the word of mouth marketing, which is fantastic in, in a way that it, guess what? It's free. If somebody else tells somebody else about your business, that costs you nothing other than doing the right thing. So if, if that's not the, the best guerrilla marketing there is <laughs> or free marketing or whatever it is that you want to put around that, um, then then I, then, then I'm doing something wrong, but, um, you know, all, all of the other marketing and things that you do are just boosted by that word of mouth marketing, just boosted by, you know, so if people are recommending you a lot, guess what? Your, your SEO is going to be, and will can hopefully back me up on this. Your SEO is going to be a lot easier to do because Google's going, Hey, this, uh, person's getting recommended by a lot of people. We need to get them moved up on the list. Or, or Facebook, you're going to show up more when you're more engaged and you have more things happening and more people talking about your business. Um, you don't have to pay for a Facebook ad when other people are, are talking about it and, and getting it out on, on their feed. So that net promoter score is kind of that, that thing, that place to start and go, are people willing to recommend me? And, and if they're not, if they don't fall in that top category, that 8, 9, 10 category, enough, then you got to go back and look at what you need to do to change some things. So there we go. That's kind of my, my take there, um, on, on those metrics and, and why, and, and it really boils down to what, uh, Mr. Godin says in the blog of, of don't break the chain, meaning we don't want to give our customers a reason to look for alternatives. If, if they've got a bond with you, they're going to take the easy route and they're going to keep doing business with you. If you've done business with them, they feel like you've got, they've gotten value from you um, and, and you haven't given them a reason to go look somewhere else. Um, you know, and, and sometimes it's a hard thing to do, but really at the end of the day, it really should be the easiest thing to do to not break that bond with your customer, to not give them a reason to, to do the right thing, help them out fill their needs, take care of them, and they'll just keep coming back. That, that's who we are as humans. We, we're, we like the, the same things to happen over and over again um, because they make us feel good. So are you making your customers feel good? Um, you know, the whole point of this exercise is to, to maintain our business focus on the customer so that we don't lose sight of their needs. Um, so we want to use, you know, those kind of metrics, the ones on the right that we talked about there as ways to kind of understand the user experience and when we need to make changes to it. Um, if you go back and, and read, read the blog in, in the blog, uh, Seth Godin says, when you have happy customers, they spend, sorry, that's what I said. I said, when you have happy customers, they spend more money. But Mr. Godin notes that every customer is also a media outlet today. 
you know, every customer can go and say, hey, I had a terrible experience at, uh, you know, I, heck, here we go. Here's a perfect example for you. Um, I had a terrible experience last night at dinner, a local place called Francesca's. It took hours. I don't, I'm not sure what was going on. The owner seemed a little bit out of it. Maybe I don't even know if he was drunk, but he was yelling at his staff. Uh, one of the waitresses was basically in tears. Um, you know, so however many people are watching that video have now heard about that experience of Francesco's in St. Peter's, Missouri. We loved it there. We loved the food, but he gave us a reason to go somewhere else. So there we go. Um, you know, just don't break the chain. <laughs> How's that? Um, all right, let me get back on the on the camera screen here. Um, kind of finally to, to wrap it up here. Let me go to one more one more thing there. If you if you want to reach out to me, there's my email address up there. Um, what do people say you do? What is it that they say you do? And what is the real experience for them? That's what all this is about. I think that's what you should be measuring is trying to figure out ways to understand what your customer is seeing about your business, not what you think is, is your, your business is supposed to look like. Cause if you don't know what your customers are seeing and feeling and saying about you behind your back, so to speak, or maybe right to your face or maybe out on Facebook, um, it's going to be an uphill struggle and you're not going to be successful, but it's okay. If you have had those struggles, we're going to celebrate those failures as learning opportunities to then take go back to what we just talked about here and start making those changes. Start thinking about your customers differently. S stop complaining about them. Start, you know, start loving them, that kind of thing. So there we go. Hopefully you guys in, enjoyed that and hopefully you got some good information out of that. Thank you very much to uh, Will for his comments and, and jumping in with me here today. And, and uh, we will talk to you guys next week. Have a great Saturday. Thanks for tuning into another episode of Small Business Saturday Podcast. We appreciate having you as part of the community of listeners. Tune in for the live video sessions at facebook.com slash aaronmontgomery.info to become part of the active community. You can contact me directly at aaron at montcoconsulting.com. Thanks again for listening.